Hear that? That's my 3D printer. I figured this is what it this is what my basement sounds like now. It sounds like a 3D printer. It's been on for a good two and a half weeks. You want me to switch it off? Okay. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. First, some announcements. If anybody is familiar with the Move and Air podcast with Pat Lackenbauer, he's looking for a guy to partner up with. He has parted ways with his producer and needs someone to help put a show together, edit, upload it. If you if this is something that you want to do, like a hobby, like make a podcast, but this show, his show is already already entrenched and he's in his 70th episode. He really needs the help. So if you go to moveanairpod.com and check out his podcast, if you like it, then you can contact with him. Tell him I sent you and let him know that you are interested in possibly helping him with his show. Okay, that's it. This episode is brought to you by fetchclass.com. Fetchclass.com is a teaching and learning system where you can enter in a video conference and be taught one-on-one. It's free to join. Teachers, come on, come to the website, check it out for more details. Also brought to you by InsightRecorders.com, now featuring download codes. If you have a band and you have a record and you want it to be released, yet you don't want to go through Bandcamp, you don't want to go through iTunes, you want to sell your product over the merch table, but you don't want to take a bunch of USB keys, contact InsightRecorders.com and I'll set up a download code system for you where you can easily print out the download codes, sell them, do what you want with them, and you will have download codes for your website. I just send you a little piece of code. You put it in your website. Bam. Download codes. Ba-ba. Insert Recorder is also a place where you can get your songs mixed in a recording at a recording studio by a proper recording engineer. That's me. Also, if you're interested in booking some recording time, go to InsightRecorders.com for more information. Affiliate programs. Banggood.com. Banggood.com is a crazy place to go buy anything you want for low prices. Although the time waiting, it's not like Amazon where it comes in your door. Bam, you order. Bam, it's here. It's not like that. You have to wait a little bit longer, but they show up. If you go to applelog.ca and click on the Banggood banner, bookmark the link, and you will be supporting the show by going to banggood.com, shopping, and having fun. It's a good time. You'll have a good time. Also, musiciansfriend.com. Musiciansfriend.com, same thing. Got deals there. Click on that banner. Bookmark the link. Support the show. Musician's Friend has got deals. There's daily deals out there everywhere, and it's good, it's convenient, and it's really, really a good place to go shopping if you're a musician. Easy friend. Amazon.com or .ca or .co.uk. Whether you're from Canada, America, or the United States, shop on Amazon, but go to the Appalog.ca and click on the Amazon banners halfway down the page on the right side, and you can help the show out by bookmarking that bannered link and uh, shop with fun and cost you extra money. Okay, while you're on the Apolog.ca, click on Apolog.ca slash shop. It's the shop button at the top. Pre-order my new acoustic album that will be out hopefully pretty soon. You can buy a t-shirt, and it'll get hand-delivered if you're in the Ontario, Durham region area, maybe even Toronto. If you buy from Toronto, I'll drop it off and we'll have a coffee because probably Chenzar will probably know you. That doesn't sound weird. Is that weird? No, it's not weird. If you want to help the show out and you want to pledge a monthly amount, you can go to patreon.com slash You can pledge as little or as much as you want. You can cancel at any time. Sports gas fees and hosting fees. I have three awesome patrons. 
And they are Michael Pitts, Curtis Pippen, and Mark Peralta. Thank you so much, guys, for helping the show out. It really, really helps me out. You have no idea. Thank you so much. If you want to like the show or you want to find out any more news about the show, if you want to talk about the show, go to facebook.com slash Pod. Follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. Or go to iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review. Give it some stars. Let us know what you think of the show. Let your friends know about the show. Tell a friend. Okay. That is all the spots, everybody. I'm sorry we went a little bit longer, but I figured we had some things to talk about. Today on my show is Amanda Wilkinson. Amanda is the one of the two singers in a band called The Small Town Pistols. Her original band was The Wilkinsons, a family band based out of Belleville that it's this crazy success story. They just went down to Nashville, signed a record deal and became famous. It is an amazing story. She sat down with me and we had this great conversation and they're just good people. And you know, I eventually will get Tyler because Tyler, maybe you're listening, but you're coming on the show. And eventually her dad, Steve, the one who spearheaded the whole idea. And it's, she's a great gal, and I want y'all to meet my friend Amanda Wilkinson. I want to talk about you and where you came from, where you're going, all the things. I want to try and keep it under a certain period of time because I think you've had this life that's its kind of like the dream for musicians. You started somewhere, mm-hmm. you achieved something, you're still doing what you love to do, and you've prioritized your life in with music. That's a hard thing to get. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Welcome to the show, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> no, we're buds. So we start it's right like, in there now. So. I know. We're used to talking because of our long road trips together and Definitely. hanging and, you know, musoids and talking about pretty much everything under the sun. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess in some ways looking at it, I mean, you hear these stories of people like, I mean, gosh, for country music, Terry Clark playing at Tootsie's downtown Nashville for eight years and then de- getting discovered. And um, I think because we were so young and we got discovered so quickly, it feels maybe like we were cheating, but maybe it's just there was a lot of luck involved. Yeah. And because we were so young, Mm -hmm. I think that we put in the work. I mean, we played a lot of shows to keep food on our table because we were dirt poor. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that was an avenue that I think dad knew that we loved it. I mean, if we, you know hated doing it we saw enough stage parents growing up that i'm sure my dad would have been like okay we're not doing this anymore but Mm -hmm. it was a way for us to pay our bills and at the time we were young so we just saw it as fun and we were doing it as a family yeah so we put in like a lot of hours i mean if basically if a restaurant served food or a bar served food we could play so we played all over ontario and fairs and festivals and and then the move to Nashville when I was 15. Mm-hmm. And then things happened very quickly. So put in a lot of work beforehand. But, uh, you know, when when people hear our story and how we got discovered, they're kind of like, it didn't happen. It doesn't happen that way. And mm-hmm. now s- standing here at 34, I uh, 
I know that it doesn't happen that way. And we were very fortunate and we've had a really amazing career on a lot of different levels Mm -hmm. and and in different um, incarnations. Mm -hmm. And we're still able to do this, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. You Mm. know, society picks something and says, I love that. I want to be, you know, I subscribe to that. And it's very rare, like when musical musical um, incarnations of everything comes along, it circles around and it goes, we want to hear that now. Everybody as a whole sort of grabs onto something. And and it's luck when you say luck, but I hate using that word because there's, <clears throat> you say there's work put into it. It wasn't like a, a, a fluke because you were, and I hear always the right place at the right time. Yeah. And I don't know if I really want to subscribe to that either because no. it sort of takes away the amount of, not good, it just takes away the actual work put in. Because you, I was just thinking as a family band, you, you travel as the Wilkinsons um, all over Ontario. Well, some, some families like to go skiing, you yeah. know. <laughs> and they go skiing that's as a family. We did you know together. what I mean? That's exactly what you did. It became your life. And at the time, I mean, I remember going to school and kids just probably thought we sprouted another head. We were like totally not what every mm-hmm. every other kid was doing. So it was very strange for them to know. They're like, Oh, what did you do this weekend? And we would tell them and they're like, What? So Yeah. Um, but that was our normal. That was our version of normal. And mm-hmm. um I think my parents both did a really Amazing job, I think, in hindsight, especially when you look at what's happening in the media right now with um, light being shone and what happens to young females in our industry. And it's been going on a long time. I mean, I don't have to tell you that. And I saw my fair share, but luckily we had that infrastructure where we were protected. You have a very tight family as well. So there's a lot of people keeping not just the family in check, but you, you each and other. We have our moments where we want to pull each other's hair out, sure. but that's normal, I think. Um, well, you wouldn't get, you wouldn't have a, such a tight knit family if had you not had. Yeah, we hash it out, but the 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 uh, big picture is we hash it out, and mm-hmm. the, there's that open communication. You but... can't fire your family. No, you can't really. <laughs> people have tried. <laughs> Some people do. Yeah, <laughs> there is a list, but. Yeah. I don't I just think that um it's been still incredibly special. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the journey, but there there was a lot of work put in and a lot of rehearsal time and mm-hmm. I'm sure if you asked all three of us probably not enough uh rehearsal time, but once things kind of were off the ground and running, it's right. like you catch your breath and it's only now that you kind of reflect on it because as a 16 year old kid, you're just like, whoa, everything's new and fresh and mm-hmm. things like playing the Grand Old Opry and meeting the people we've been able to meet and having those experiences of going to the Grammys and yeah. having, you know, <clears throat> people that you'd consider your idols treating you as peers. Yeah, that's At the weird. moment, you're just like, whoa, it is surreal. Yeah. But you don't understand the impact of what those relationships were and and what those moments were until you're kind of further down the road and you have time to reflect. Yeah. So so your dad made a decision, and it was obviously a family decision, but what was that day around the kitchen table when your dad goes, hey, we're all picking up, we're moving, we're going going to the United States and we're going to be famous. I mean, like, Mm. that's the short story, but there must have been so much building up to that that decision for a family to pick up and move. Well, somebody said something recently, and I think it applies to a lot of things in life uh, to me. And they said, when you're, when you feel uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. it means you're ready to grow. You're growing. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. When yeah. you feel like, okay, uh, shit's about to hit the fan. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it's because, you know, you don't want to get like sort of crunchy or hippy dippy about the universe, but it's telling you something. And um, at that time, my dad, you know, recession was really bad. And mm-hmm. we were what hurt. year is this around? Nah, this was 1997. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was a contractor for a lot of years and work was tight. So he was helping my grandparents and I was helping my grandparents. And my mom was, we were getting up early cleaning restaurants and... Um, Still like, playing shows. like doing, Playing shows, you know. you know, trying to do whatever we could and... I think like he had written this body of songs and it just got to a point where he had made trips to Nashville to kind of do some demos and got his feet wet a little bit. And Mm -hmm. it was more of an idea for him. And he was like, you know, you know, people keep telling me that you have to be down there more and you have to be invested. And, and, uh, (laughs) you know, of course he had a wife and three kids and we were so tight as a family that I think you know, he threw the idea out and was like, I'm thinking about doing this. And then quickly kind of reneged on the idea and was like, I can't do this. This is stupid. And mm-hmm. I can't move my family to another country on a on a $18,000 mm-hmm. that we had left in our bank. And like yeah. a pop and you're tossing a, you're tossing a coin. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. It's gambling big mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. But my mom is the voice of reason in our, in our life. And she, she isn't a lot of, when things get manic, she is that calm collectedness. Mm-hmm. And she just said, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You go down there and you, we exhaust all of our revenue. Mm-hmm. We it's can stretch it <laughs> for this budget. Yeah, yeah. You know, if we're living really close to the wire, sure. uh, you get out there and so people don't like your songwriting or they don't like Amanda singing or they don't like whatever you guys have to offer as far as talent goes. Cause that, at that point we weren't the Wilkinsons. We sang together, but it wasn't like we were like, Oh, let's be a family band and travel the world. Yeah. Not a conscious. No decision. You had a voice and he had some chords and some words and yeah, dad was our fearless leader and he had all this talent. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I loved singing, but I didn't realize that that was my life. I knew I loved singing and I wanted to do it in some form. I didn't know I was going to be 15 and doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we knew that dad needed to explore those things. And he had those songs in his arsenal, like 26 cents. They Mm -hmm. were already written before we moved. And I think that that song probably was the catalyst opening a lot of doors. And literally it was just like, we went to see a writer's round, which in Nashville is super laid back. Nobody talks. It's supreme reverence for the songwriter. Yeah. And they sit down and there's probably three or four songwriters and they each play a song maybe for a couple hours or something. And they talk about their song and then they play it. And it could be a song that they already have cut or a song that's fresh and new that they want people to hear. So They've done that for in Nashville for years. So my dad actually went out. Uh, his buddy was doing a writer's night, and uh, the guy that was supposed to be up on stage couldn't come last minute, and he asked Dad, come and do this thing. And we were sitting in the audience, and then the guy said to my dad, uh, you know, I know that your kids sing with you. Uh, why don't we get, you know, do they want to come up and sing a song? And hmm. uh, Dad was like, yeah, and... So we sang 26 Cents because that was like my favorite of the songs that dad had written at that time. Mm -hmm. And some of the audience knew a bunch of people at record labels. We've still yet to physically meet this human. Um, 
clearly we're really happy for the fact that he supported us the way he did. And he called a bunch of labels and was like, you have to see this family. And of course, at that time, that was like unheard of a family singing together. Mm Mm-hmm. Not since the Partridge family. <clears throat> yeah, or in Carter. The fictitious band. <laughs> yeah, that's right, where they keep switching the drummer out. Like, yeah, you're not yeah, going to we... notice. <laughs> it's like, who's a new little kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just picked him off the street. That one's starting to get a do- uh, like a thin teenage patch stash. we got to get rid of him. It's younger. like the mom of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, too. It's like, yeah. wait a second. You know, Aunt Viv is another lady. <laughs> oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. We, yeah. we don't yeah, care. A real family band. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, legitimately. Yeah. So I'm sure the record labels were like, what? Um, actually, I know they were because Tony Brown, we had a conversation about it years later mm-hmm. where he's like, when you guys walked in, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. It's a family. What yeah. do I do with this? Yeah. Do y'all wear hats? <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of look? <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. My dad, he was kind of like, we were all kind of really nervous about going yeah, and singing for record labels because yeah. it just happened so quickly. And remember, we were like, oh, what do we wear? And we were a little, like freaking out over the concept of what we should wear uh, to the labels. And I remember my dad just stopping in mid chaos because we were about to, you know, very close to leaving. And he said, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Screw it. You know, you guys wear whatever. He's like, whatever you feel confident Someone will have in. an opinion on it anyways. Yeah, he's like, because at the end of the day, if... They don't like what we sound like. They're not going to like, yeah. They're not going to like. Who care? Who cares what we're wearing, yeah. really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there's clearly so much more that goes into branding now, but it was the yeah. 90s, and I don't think it was a screaming era for fashion, really. Yeah, definitely. You know, <laughs> we, and, you, know you were kind of cutting a new path, too, because the whole idea of this genre or whatever the music you're entering as a family band, like, it's such a, it sounds, there's such a weird thing attached to the family band totally right like totally we're a bunch of well you know everybody has an equal part in that group yeah there's no weak link and that's interesting because it's not only one person writing a song it's all the parts of the whole group and your and your even your sister who actually didn't really perform no and your mom who held everything together yeah that's the team that a lot of people don't have as a manager, as a publicist, or as a stylist, or like these group they put together to become yeah. a famous person. That is much of a stronger um, entourage. <laughs> absolutely, and a yeah. bond that you can't obviously you can't fire. You can't, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I remember just throughout, my sister had to blaze her own path, but she was very young at the time and on the road with us, mm-hmm. and had to leave lead a cra- I mean it was already a crazy life for us but I was 16 at the time when we really started hitting the road hard and uh she was with us and it wouldn't matter who she was talking to she would just <laughs> get up there like so brave Fearless, and so right? gutsy yeah she was our comic relief really I mean she played a huge role but yeah if we didn't have that infrastructure you know I mean you know the industry can be yeah. a really cruel crazy place to be absolutely in as a young person and they don't they don't care about your feelings they care about their agenda and the money they're going to make well, yeah right? i mean it was i think that was a sad reality when i woke up one day and realized that it was a lot more than just yes you know i love singing and i yeah. love this song and i'm so passionate about it and if we just record it and we then people who are on the radio you know the radio will love this song they'll want to play it and then everybody will love it. And yeah, it's like, we're going to make it. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> sounds so crazy. It just made happen. But 
you realize that nope, that's not the way it no, happened. It's not that way. There's a lot of um there's a lot of things in play and there's timing and there's there's you know, and there's luck and there's hard work and the fact that you put all that together and made it into something isn't there was my accident, I don't yeah. think. You know, you music that you played needed to be heard at that point in time. Otherwise, yeah, society would say we we're good, we're, we got it. You know, we don't need that. Yeah, I mean, is there any reflection? Because in the late '90s, I don't even know what kind of music was popular. I didn't know what was going. I forget. Yeah, you know, and to come in was considered. I wouldn't. I, I don't know. Was there a new country at that point that was coming up? Was there a new wave of country music? Like, how did you fit in there? I mean, the big thing at the time was Leanne Rhymes, And mm -hmm. I think that that was probably a little bit of a door that opened up for us because at that time, no young people like that young were performing country music. Right. Other than you like flashback to Tanya Tucker singing Delta Dawn when she was young. But that was like a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Long time before we kind of reached the scene. So I would probably attribute somebody like Leanne Rhymes opening a lot of doors for people like us and Lila McCann at the time. Um, she had a number one as well. So there was like people were ready for something like that. Mm -hmm. A younger demographic showing yeah. reverence for the format and playing the format and performing sure. it. I think that was in all genres too because I was working for a band that was 17 years old in the late 90s. Yeah. You know what I mean? The kids. Young. I mean, kids. You, well, you had Britney Spears at the time. And right. that was that era of mm -hmm, new mm -hmm. kids of uh in sync and the backstreet yeah. boys I mean, was always trying to cross something over with something yeah like, you know what i mean like okay so backstreet boys are huge what are we going to do in that country version of backstreet boys or what are we yeah. going to do in the punk rock version they're called good charlotte you know what i mean like yeah. you know what i mean like let's make something that fits in all because when we then we'll make more money you know so yeah I don't know. making a, money off kids mm -hmm. and that's really kind of what Strange. it was but we were like a weird kind of uh I mean, the, the only reality that you compare to that is the fact that we were so young. But then there was that, like mm -hmm. I said, the element of you're playing with your dad. Yeah. So, um, you know, for us at the time, I think people really, truly believed that that was our story, 26 cents. I mean, we would play out and people would be like, we're well, so yeah. sorry about your mom. And, <laughs> you know, how long has she been passed away? And I'm like, no, she's on the bus. Like... <laughs> She's alive. It's just a song, you know. Yeah. But I think people were invested in us because of that song. It truly mm -hmm. felt like that was part of our story and part of our journey. And that right. kind of was, you know, our success in a lot of ways is that song sort of catapulting things. Um, incredible. Like, incredible. Right. And you say things move fast, like traveling all over the place and and meeting all these different people and people calling you as being one of their own yeah. being accepted into the club so to speak so weird like very weird i mean mm -hmm. i just watched the eagles documentary not oh i want to see it. it's ago. on netflix right yeah it's yeah. on netflix and you know uh you know with glenn fry passing and that was man the eagles that was a huge influence uh -huh. uh, in our house on my dad well, my dad was massive massive influence on him um so you know at the time irving azoff managed he was the owner of giant warner you know the mm -hmm. co-venture with warner brothers and we were signed to giant and um he was a massive supporter i mean clearly he's out of the record industry now and mm -hmm. he's doing live nation and whatever yeah 
Yeah. And still managing. But uh, he was the one that introduced us to a lot. Like, you know, we got Tiger Woods was having some charity event. And, uh, you know, the Eagles were there and Mm -hmm. got to hang out with them and spend time hanging out with uh, Joe Walsh's daughter, Lucy. And Mm -hmm. we were kids. We didn't know. I'm sure my dad probably had a. If you talk to my dad, he probably has a different feelings at that time yeah yeah. maybe more surreal but it was um yeah a lot of stories like that i mean the grammys were crazy too because it was just like we were back in the green room because we were presenting an award and you think back the time now where you just like you know will smith was there and it's strange it's like do you you gotta almost pinch yourself to say i'm here like i'm with these people you know what i mean like these people i'm i'm with these people like yeah I don't know. I can't see how that couldn't, you know, affect your psyche and your personality, you know. And, you know, and I always say this to everybody, that you guys are just so well-grounded and so so normal. And that must be refreshing to those people who are not used to meeting people who are normal. Yeah. And, and despite the fact that you've sold millions of records, mm-hmm. you know, it's tough. It's a, it's a weird number to throw to that. It's a millions of records. Yeah. And here we are, you know, uh, as a as a band, as a family that, you know, and how how many, you did what, four albums? Four. Four. Oh my gosh, no, probably more than that, no. There was a couple unreleased for, well, they were released in Australia, mm-hmm. but they all start blending in together oh, now. I bet. It's yeah. like, okay, what, what, what time frame was that again? Yeah. So um, between 97 and, what, 2000 and... Probably 2005, six. That was Wilkinson's time. Yeah, I mean, there was a brief period of a couple of years where I was doing both the greatest hits and my solo. Right. Stuff. Yeah, we could talk, talk about And the, the television show, so I don't know how oh, I Oh, that was the, I didn't the reality show, right? I completely insane trying yeah. to make everyone happy right. during that, that, uh, that period of things. Oh, but, I bet, um, yeah. Yeah, because it was, I mean, tough couple seasons of a television show and then my solo stuff touring that and then the Wilkinson's greatest and the solo thing was very probably mostly consuming because it actually it really that also took off right like that was that was a thing that you know and you know very fortunate for that yeah and see the thing too is you're 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 not I don't know we spoke a little bit about it we can get as into as you want but you said something like your dad actually suggested that you should do a solo album and yeah. said that this is something you need to do. And that takes a lot of, uh, I don't know, it takes a lot of acceptance to say, well, we're just going to be here and you could just go do your solo thing and w- yeah. we'll be here when you're, when you're ready or. Yeah. I mean, I think it's still, it probably was still hard for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just by nature a people pleaser. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, you really want me to do this. And I'm sure, like, I think I love, uh, still, if you ask me to this day, it's the act of singing that is the thing that's kept me here mm-hmm. so long. The feeling of it. Uh, and it's to me, it's like nurturing. It's like if you're a really great cook and you cook for people, part of the elements of being a chef is Presenting. you're nurturing. Mm-hmm. It's art, but you're nurturing people and you're making them happy. Mm-hmm. That's singing to me. So I was like, okay, at this time I have something to say. And Mm -hmm. I have the support of my family. So um, it was great timing. And the label at the time really were insanely supportive of that. Mm -hmm. And 
then after the solo project, you know, I was going through some stuff and I really didn't know what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. It's another big lesson kind of that dad's taught us doing music is that you don't do something just for the sake of doing it. If you feel like it's not turning your crank, the worst thing in the world is you're going to wake up in like 20 years and be like, I hated those songs mm-hmm. that these people made me sing or whatever. Right. It's like if you can square with yourself and still, even if it isn't a raging success. Sure. And you still felt like you had integrity. Um, that's what music should be. You should, mm-hmm. That's the way music should be created. Really, yeah. I wrote a song. I wrote. I was an obviously musician for most of my whole life. Yeah. And I wrote this song that this person said, "You know that you will play this song every single show from now until you stop playing music." And it was like that was scary to me. I was like, "Really? You're stuck with it. You're stuck Commitment. with it. It's your song now, and that's what people or what you feel is part of. You know, I don't know. You. I know you always got to put your strong foot forward and all that stuff, but that to me was frightening because. You thought, you know, that's it. Yeah. You know, now that's your signature or that's the song that people will now associate. And that's obviously 26 Cents and other songs, you know, in your Jimmy's arsenal. Jimmy's got a girlfriend. So yeah. thankfully, like, we like, we like They're performing those <laughs> songs. We don't Because a lot it. of people, like, a lot of bands will just say, you know, we're going to play all new stuff. Oh, yeah. You, you know, got like bands like Ra- Radiohead. And yeah, yeah. like, we're not playing that song anymore. Yeah. It's like, maybe you shouldn't have recorded the song then. Yeah. And number two, then that, that's when an artist really starts believing their own hype. They become that this entity where they're like, well, we're Radiohead. We could we do whatever mm-hmm. we want. Definitely. Don't get me wrong. I love Radiohead. Massive fan of them. But that's a whole big picture. You're a massive fan for a reason. Yeah. Because you loved and their fans invested in in that song in that music Mm -hmm. for whatever reason they made it their own yeah and at that point the arrogance you have to step aside because it's your job yeah yeah and this is another conversation is like your job versus your art versus your love versus ethics all these things need to they need to fit together yeah otherwise people go crazy yeah. And, you know, it, because the whole fact, you know, obviously people have ended their life because they don't, can't deal with the success and the, and I, you know, we're rolling our eyes because it's, that's obviously Well, there's stupid. a lot of fringe elements there too that, I yeah, mean, yeah. you watch, you, I just said I was on a documentary kick because my little boy was sick. So, uh, I had Amy on, you know, Amy Winehouse, mm-hmm. you have people like Jim Morrison, oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's like. They were mad geniuses, really. I mean, the fringe element I'm talking mm-hmm. about is mental health issues, which people yeah. don't want to talk about. Some Still need, don't want to talk about. Well, to be artistic, you need a little bit of crazy. A little bit of crazy. <laughs> you do, absolutely. And yeah. there's, I mean, tons of people throughout history that if you looked at them, they were probably bipolar. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah. um but yeah, there's a difference between that and just somebody kind of believing their own story. story. Yeah, their own, their own, yeah. And there's a lot of that too. Believe but their own hype, yeah. That's uh, the whole point. I mean, that you're getting at. It's like this is tattooed on you for life. So yeah. you better love what you're doing and love the sentiments mm-hmm. that you're saying. And mm-hmm. hope to God that they're ringing honest because if they're not, it's like someone's thrown an outfit on you that you absolutely detest that's scratching the shit out of you and you're yeah. going to want to get it off 
there's so many stories of uh, stylists and trying to create an image, and uh, a lot of it is obviously um, happens, like we said, by accident. But the idea of right place, right time. But you can't try to like. There was an old story where we'll sign a hundred bands and like pieces of crap, we'll throw it against the wall and we'll see which one sticks. And that's the one we'll invest our time and money in. Yeah, And, and that happens. time, those days are gone now, unfortunately. Well, well they don't have the money to throw a bunch of things against no, the wall. No, but... so now it's show me what you can do. And show me the the fan base that you've brought to the table. And yeah. show me your yeah. touring revenue. And mm-hmm. it's so crazy and backwards uh-huh. because it's like- Development's dead completely nobody develops but it also shows a complete lack of faith and passion and originality for labels out there now i mean you got a few key guys that still are kind of of the old mentality Mm -hmm. but it's becoming few and far between because it's more and more a numbers game and they're not just looking at someone with raw talent plucked out of the ether and going oh my god this could be the next bowie or the Mm -hmm. next whatever Mm -hmm. What if those people don't have those resources and they're fresh off the street? Mm-hmm. They're probably not going to get the chance that we were given. And that's crazy to me. No. Because we wouldn't have the career that we have sure. had yeah, had it not been at a time where people took chances. Yeah. It's true. And the other side is you look at Bieber. Bieber made it from what? Being a YouTube sensation. Yeah. And that's what... But he was he's just naturally gifted and talented. Thank God. And there was, there was yeah. a little window where he could put his wares through... Now, there's a certain part of that I can appreciate, like natural selection, where people will say, I'm just really good at what I do, but there's all this noise of other stuff that hides. Now, once we figure out some artificial intelligence that pushes all that garbage aside and let the good stuff rise, just through, I don't know, some magic equation, I don't know, that lets good artists get to the top without uh, money, because you have to buy yourself on the radio, you know. There's certain things. Oh, that's... huge! Yeah. And then, and then it might you might sell some records and get your money back. It's all at cost of the artist too. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's the that's the uh, unbelievable. That's the right? catch twenty two, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. the the fact that you want to you go spend money to make money. Well, we're not trying to sell a car here. Yeah. You know, you make a car. I like red cars. Okay. Well, we're going to make a thousand red cars and we're going to sell nine hundred and ninety nine of them. Yeah. Awesome. Because people like red. Well, that's so cut and dried. Yeah. But you're you're a music with a with a <laughs> with a style and a look and a history. Yeah. And so much more than just being a red car. Well, people want to see all the colors. Mm-hmm. So I think like, yeah, I mean that that loaf of, loaf of bread mentality where you're just like a loaf of bread in the sea of other loaves of bread, mm-hmm. and you're really like, but wait a second, I have sunflower seeds in mine. it's uh it's very difficult to to stand out and be yourself because when you see oh this is what is succeeding and everybody's doing this and this is what everybody wants me to be Mm -hmm. how long is everybody gonna like that red car Mm -hmm. pretty soon there's gonna be an indigo car that comes around the corner Mm -hmm. and everybody think whoa mind Mm -hmm. blown look at that car sure um so it's just holding on to your druthers and really your your integrity yeah. in those moments. And I think that that separates the lions from the lambs mm-hmm. in yeah. today's, well, it's always been there in music. Yeah. But it's 
especially today because we're living in a fast food world where people yeah. want things and record labels want things and the buyer wants things yeah. and the listeners want yeah, things yeah. right away immediately. Yeah, and I think we're at an ebb of lions are the ones that will go do everything possible to be try and be famous, where which is, is just obviously not as honest as mm -hmm. I think we're sitting here, you know, saying that honesty and good content, this is stuff that should be popular. I think we we can agree on that. Yeah. And there's people out there who say, no, 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 no. If I do X, Y, Z, like I was told to, yeah. if I chase this thing, I'm going to be pop. I'm going to be famous too. And some of them are. Yeah. And it, it's tough not to be a little bit, not jealous, but sort of like, really, you went that route to go Bitter there? Betty. Yeah, yeah, you went that way <laughs> to do that, you know? Ooh. That's not my thing, you yeah. know? And I think that's what I sort of, I can gravitate to your, your music and you guys because there is a level of, this is what we're doing, this is why we're doing it, and there's There's an nobody. element of F you, this is what we are. Kind exactly. Of, I'm sorry, guys. There's... I know, but I think that's what we need more <clears throat> of in this in this society. We need more of that because... We're so like, oh, look at that. Look at the shiny thing. Yeah. Let's go do that, you know. But a lot of times you're the salmon swimming upstream. Mm -hmm. and um, It can bite you on the ass, too. Totally, 100%. You can miss out on opportunities. There's things. But yeah. well, I think I mean, it's funny that I think we're, like, I come from like sort of like punk rock and you come from country, but I think there's a mm -hmm. sort of a, a common thread of saying, I'm going to do what I want to do to make me happy. And if you're happy, then you come along. Let's come to ride. Join the club. Yeah, come yeah, on come in. Come on you know? board. And that is, 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 but people, uh, I mean, especially for country music, you have these people that are traditionalists and diehards. And I mean, I, we cut our teeth on traditional country music. I mean, you yeah. know, that, um, purists and I mean, even the nineties music that wasn't really traditional at mm -hmm. the time, but it was like, you had a lot of different elements thrown in there. The eighties, really the eight, probably the eighties for country music. Now, I mean, people are like banging their fists and they're like this broke country and whatever, but. Or we can't have rapping in country music, mm -hmm. but still, it's like, yeah, you got to sort through it. But there are those elements where you hear Brothers Osborne mm -hmm. or even Sam Hunt. I'm sorry. Sure. You may not think that's country music. What is country music? <laughs> at least. Don't ask me. <laughs> at least it is different. Yeah. And he's not objectifying women. Yeah, there you and go. I mean, like to to me, it's like the 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 element of bro country that I can't stand for is the fact that a huge, well, the majority of our listening audience has been women mm -hmm. for years. Yeah, and uh, you know, yeah, I think they're the the respect level for the women in the content of those songs is not really great. Mm -mm. That to me has been kind of like the of course rubs me the wrong way yeah. but at least with somebody like sam hunt he's putting women on a pedestal and yeah you may not dig it but it sounds different when you listen to it when you're listening down to the radio and sure it jumps out yeah at you yeah. i mean you we still have music like little big town yeah, girl, I was just gonna say, girl yeah. crush yeah, and yeah. um eric pasley and there's it, you still have to dig to find find yeah. good, really good substance stuff mm -hmm. but i just think it's because like you said somebody created a red car and now there's a bunch of red cars <laughs> you know my theory about <laughs> so, bro country you know started that kid rock oh totally he invented that 
He was the original. <laughs> yeah. But he's still like more badass than oh, he's everything definitely, else. Oh, even his, he just, yeah. I mean, watching him walk out on the Woodstock with a full like furry pimp lung. And booze. Just insane. Like he is definitely, I saw him open up for Aerosmith. Yeah. And it was like, wow, this dude's awesome. But he did start Bro Country. So therefore he gets a strike against him. A little strike. Maybe. But at least he was like, he actually is that guy. You know? Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. But, uh, well, yeah. So, you know, the whole fact that, you know, you did your solo album and Wilkinson's and your dad kind of sort of said, you know, we're going to step back a little bit. Still writing songs. Yeah. It's mid 2000s, I guess I want to say. Yep. And like, where were you at this musically? Like when it came to, okay, Wilkinson's don't really do much and the solo thing and you're sort of like what for small town pistols i had gone through like some crazy deal and uh i mean it's funny to talk about now because it's like sure um i still have a very strong relationship with my ex which doesn't always happen but um he's family Mm -hmm. i mean he was probably my best friend longer than we were together but uh, when that moment you find things aren't working and it's like you still love this person is just not working um that was really hard for me. And I think it's because it was at a time where as far as growing as a human being, you have that aha moment, like a quarter life crisis being yeah. like. We were in mid 20s, right? At that point. Mid 20s. Yeah. That's and it. that is a bitch of a time. Oh, my gosh. That's a bitch of a time because <laughs> You're you not quite probably a kid. grew up with parents that were married really young. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, your expectations about what love and marriage should be are probably really whacked out. In your yep, prop- they're not fully realized. Your parents probably didn't fully share with you at that time sure. what their relationship truly was about and yep. how they actually made it through. Because mm-hmm. a lot of them didn't. No, they're, they're plus at that point they're making it up as they go along, anyways. <laughs> oh, we know God, that, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's marriage in general. Yeah, I think yeah. you're making it up as you go. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So um, you know, the wisdom is 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 obviously you're learning it. Yeah, and yeah, you're too, stuff, that's anyways. when you're really realizing that your parents are not, um, you know, golden gods, and they're yep. flawed, and that's okay, no, so yeah. are you. There's so much happens between the mid-early oh, 20s to late 20s, you become an adult. a doozy. It sucks. And um, <laughs> it was the time that I was just like, oh my God, okay, well, seven years has been invested in this, and me trying to be this for this person, and yeah. hold up the mothership, and... So on a personal level, it kind of kicked me in the pants. And I I had a lot of pressure from people being like, oh, you need to do another solo record. And I was like, I really mm-hmm. don't know what I want to say right now. So I'm not going to mm-hmm. do that. And thank you very much. And, and don't I, boss me around. That but... was the part I was going to say is that <laughs> I think if someone tells you what to do, you're more willing to push back and say, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm passive assertive. Sure. I think they're like, we were talking about personality colors and I'm probably... I'm passive assertive, but I also want everyone to be happy. And I try, I'm, sure. I'm a mama and I try and take care of everybody. No, you, you're a team player, of course, mm, you know, you play. At that time, I yeah. was like, I'm not looking after everyone. I'm yeah. going to look after myself because so far that hasn't really it's worked, worked out. in my favor at this juncture. So mm-hmm. I did some soul searching and for me, a creative outlet was what we were raised around. If you're feeling this, this, and this, you write it down, even if it's in sure. the journal. And that was taught to me. So that precipitated my move to Nashville. 
Then my bro, who's like my best friend at the time, uh, he split with his girlfriend and was ruined. Same deal. So I was just like, come on, dude, let's just drink some like really terrible <laughs> cheap beer from the good not old Rolling USA and yeah. get a little crazy and not have to answer to anybody and see what happens. <clears throat> and yeah. that really was like, we were writing. You kind, of, you kind of went down there to write. To write songs. Yeah. Yeah. Just to purge. Yep. Recenter to me that was like free therapy. The small ten pistols were never even a no. a name or a, an or an idea. Nothing. It was just this. Yeah. We knew that kind of the Wilkinsons were kind of on hiatus. We had run sort of it's it ran its course for that time. Dad was still writing, but he kind of was like mom got sick at the time, and yeah. I think that that changed all of us in a huge way where we kind of you reevaluate why you're doing things in life and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um. So for us, uh, yeah, m for the move to Nashville, Tyler and I were just down there writing songs and kind of doing some soul searching. And then we ended up demoing songs and a couple of the songs were on hold for other artists. <clears throat> I think just listening down to it, there was just a moment where we were hanging out with our good buddy, Dave Kalmuski, who played guitar for us as the Wilkinsons for years. And he was a producer and he was working with Jonathan Kane from Journey. And, and he has a very strong career too. Huge of career, Bieber. Yeah, yeah. He was involved with Bieber and yeah. he was down in Nashville full time. But he's like our brother and he's a big champion and... He's one of those guys, I think similar to you in a lot of ways, where you guys are super sped up, but you like you never have to worry about <laughs> you second-guessing where you're coming from. You're, yeah. You live on your, call. you know, your emotions are on your sleeve all oh, the time. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, Dave was just like, I think we just were having a powwow, and he, there was that aha moment where we looked at each other, and we were like, maybe we just need to do something, the two of us, then. Yeah. And at that time, we didn't know that we were going to change the name of the band, but we knew that it wasn't the Wilkinsons and it wasn't my solo stuff. It sounded different. And um, that was kind of the early stages of us figuring out the team that we needed to be with that would back the idea of us doing something different and rebranding mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. there are other people in our team at the time that were like, you can't do that and blah, blah, blah. And probably because it made their job easier. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, because you have to start again. Yeah, it's like starting. We don't want to. We don't want to do that. And it yeah, was like, yeah. why don't you call you know, uh, the Wilkinsons? The Wilkinsons. Sons and daughter. Daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amanda Wilkinson and the son. The son. <laughs> you know, Tyler. I was like, the, screw that. I know what you're saying. Yeah, you're starting no. a band, right? You know, I We're know. We're starting a band. Yeah. This is not about my solo career and it yeah. being a 2.0 version or mm -hmm. a 2.0 version of the Wilkinsons. I think it came back to integrity too, where we were like, mm -hmm. people have been in, especially with country music, we have people that have loved us, that have followed us since we were little bitty kids. Yeah. And we're going to turn around and slap something in their face that we're trying to pull off as something that it isn't. Mm -hmm. And better for us to just, all right, yeah. let's put on our big boy pants and work hard. Sure. And you've and come then, into your own. You're your own person. And this is a departure from being the in the in the Wilkinsons. This is now you're taking control of it. And Yeah, and I mean, know. I love my dad, but when you get to a certain age too, there are certain things that you can say and that you can't say with your dad standing there. And I sure. know that we're a rad family that it's probably I mean, it's, and it's also a bit weird. What 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Truly is. And yeah. it has nothing to do with our relationship with our dad, but it's just an outsider looking in. The yeah. dynamic sometimes you're limited as to what you can say. Yeah. And I think for Ty and I, we were we knew that there was that element when you're in a family band that even though we the last thing we ever wanted was to be gimmicky. I mean, God, that would have yeah. would have we would have been like, Oh God, we do not want to be this. Still there because you are a family, people will have that stigma. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes that impedes how they listen to you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um so for Ty and I, that's why Small Town Pistols had to be the way it was. Because there, we realized there were a lot of new people that had come into the format as listeners. Yeah. Maybe never heard of the Wilkinsons before. I would probably say you're right. You or know, my solo stuff. And yeah. so for us, it was like, nope. We're going to not tell people that we're siblings. If they know already, cool. Yeah. Uh, they need to listen to the music first. Sure, and well, I mean, the, the fun thing about it is going in going researching that. You know, I, the most fascinating thing I like to do is I heard a band once, and I go, "That sounds just like this person from this band." And sure enough, it was that person. But the fact that nobody said it's this guy that played in this band five or ten years ago, it was like, "Oh, I want to go and research that because that sounds exactly like the person." You know, so you're kind the of doing it. You're leaving just... it up to the people to say, "I can come." and research this group and go, oh my gosh, it is who I thought it was. I mean, they had to love the song first. And luckily yeah. we were at the label that got the concept of that because I was like, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what we call ourselves. Yeah. If they don't dig this music and they don't think it's valuable or that they can kind of like invest in it, it won't matter what we're called. Mm -hmm. Really won't. No, not at all. Uh, so that kind of like... That's how things... This, like, when you moved down to Nashville, when was that era? Like, did you say 2000 and... I don't know, six, seven? Six. Yeah, yeah 2005, that's six, a long, six. That's a long time to be down there. Because, yeah. uh, well, the Pistols have been, what, five, four years? Four years now. So yeah. I was down there for a couple of years, kind of growing okay, in. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. getting... Cause I, that's a long arc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, to be down there. To transition, too, between yeah. music being mm -hmm. heard. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how quickly our format has changed. Yeah. And it continues to change very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, it's fast food, right? Yeah. But five years is enough that mm -hmm. people that may knew have uh, known us before, all of a sudden it was like we had one lady come to us on the show and she was like, I think, I don't know if she came to you. Did she come to you? or She said, uh, I well, they were really good. I mean, that girl sings really good, but oh. I don't know who she's trying to fool because she's just trying to sound too much like Amanda Wilkinson, <laughs> and she just needs to find her own sound. Oh my gosh, that but wasn't that, me. I'd remember that. Yeah, but that was like yeah, 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 priceless. Yeah. and I died laughing because that's the whole point of it. Yeah. She didn't, and that's what we wanted to accomplish. Yeah. And then. They were like, well, no, that is Amanda Wilkinson. And she had that light bulb moment, but it was just ah. so funny because she was so upset. Like, you know, like she's good and all, but she's just trying too hard to sound she's like Amanda. not as good Amanda. as Amanda Wilkinson. She's Let me tell you that for sure. She's trying too hard to sound like her. She just needs to find her own, her <laughs> own sound. Um, That's amazing. But uh, yeah, really funny. But um, I mean, it's been awesome. And now, sure. you know, the successes of it and 
I mean, us still kind of plugging away, doing our thing and really, you know, fighting the good fight. I mean, we're, we're so insanely proud of it. Mm-hmm. And especially the second record and being able to do really innovative things as far as how, I mean, not innovative, we're kind of, we were throwback in a, a sense of how well, we recorded. The second album definitely had some old, old original country, not original country, but first wave country, I'd say, you know? Yeah, more classic elements and... Mm-hmm. Um, Almost as an uh, fuck you to the industry, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, and... I we mean, did it because we could, and yeah. we did it because we were like, we love this, so... Yeah, this is what country sounds like. <laughs> because, like... We'd have people in the industry, even radio people that didn't play it, were like, this was my favorite song. We're like, well, why the hell didn't you play it? Yeah, yeah. Well, we can't because, you know. Not allowed. There's no driving in a pickup truck. and. You should do that. Do bro country. Do some bro country. <laughs> I'm going to say, hey, girl, get your fine ass up in my truck. <laughs> yeah. No, just like it's all about trucks and dogs and boots and hearts. Boots yeah. You should write a song called Boots and Hearts because maybe you get yourself on Boots and Hearts like in every day, all the time. Like, hey, it's good to play 20, Boots and Hearts. 24-7 Boots be, and at Hearts. At least it'll be the post part of it at the end of it where, where they show like all the good times. Yeah. They don't show the garbage left behind. Yeah. But they show like the <laughs> yeah. high fives and the and the flying and the drone overhead. But did you see that? <laughs> Amazing. Did, did you see where somebody posted, this is what Boots and Hearts left behind? Yeah. And it was a, it looked like a war zone. You know, and that was the big one from Bowmanville. Luckily, they moved over to the new space because I think like... No, that's that's what they showed last year. Oh, last year. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem with festivals and our generation. Thank God they have things well-organized and ironclad mm-hmm. because Definitely. Think, of about, think about what it would be like if it wasn't that way. I'm sure Woodstock was atrocious too, but mm-hmm. probably not to this magnitude because well, yeah. our generation kind yeah. of sucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, Woodstock was such a, a disgrace because there was, there was garbage cans. What? No, we're just trying to get this band on stage right now. But people think and drugs probably do. Yeah, help yeah. Too. Well, I'm too high. I can't pick up garbage. <laughs> you know. But the yeah. whole idea of when you put a festival together, it's like playing Sim City. You have to put garbage cans around, and people need to go and empty the garbage, and then yeah. at the they, people need to police the campsites because they have that. But when a festival grows and grows and grows, that's why some festivals shut down completely. Mm-hmm. Like, there was Merritt Mountain Music Fest mm-hmm. that was like a screaming success. And then they had to, or Squamish, who knows, that's probably part of their sure. deal too, right? But mm-hmm. um, I have an idea how to fix it. What's that? You know when you go into the dump and you throw all your stuff in the bin? Yeah. Well, you pay for the weight. Mm-hmm. So you go in and they say, how many cases of beer do you have? You go, well, I have 10 cases of beer. Okay, well, that's that much weight. Empty, we're going to take that weight behind. But when you come out, you need to weigh... The exact same amount minus the beer yeah. on the way out. Otherwise, we're going to fine you a See? dollar per pound that you, and then whatever garbage gets left behind. It's like and a they boomerang. they spend all their money on booze, so shit. They yeah. don't want to be charged. Oh, I vote everybody pick everything up because, uh, and they will be trying to get other people's garbage because they're, they compensated or they screwed their weight up. Yeah. So then they'll put, put more stuff and then someone will get like screwed at the end because they will, all the garbage <laughs> will be cleaned up. There'll be nothing to take. You gotta take that shit to the people, there man. There we go. Yeah, I mean, there's an idea you right there. Boots it. and hearts. Pay by the pound. Pay by the pound. <laughs> That's their new slogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they actually, they're, they've been amazing to us. And what it's amazing to have a country festival in Ontario doing so well. But Definitely. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> 
we're lucky that the festivals actually uh, have allowed us to play some incredible stages. Just Absolutely. Just as a small town pistols and mm-hmm. continuing to be like that um, going into the future. And because, uh, I mean, we uh, even in a live capacity, I think we were really conscious about being different. And mm-hmm. The show always because I've obviously I think I've been your one me it was me and a guy named Joel mm-hmm. four years ago it's four years ago now mm-hmm. gosh well, time's gone but then I think I did one of your first shows and then it's it's slowly yeah. but surely growing into something that's gonna be uh, you know it's it's repetition right the more shows you play the better at it you get playing your show and knowing and we got your, such your a flow good crew you know, yeah crew crew of one. Yeah. Well, no, it's me and Greg, me and Greg Bolton. Um, but it's the idea that you start somewhere and you and you get good at it, but you don't. You need to know the boundaries of of where your band is and where it's going, and yeah. and understand that this is our live show and this is how our live show is gonna. And it just like I said, keeps getting better and better yeah. every time I see it because I see them all. And uh, it's fun to think that you've been doing it for your your whole life. Yeah, your whole life. And you learn something every single time you get up on that stage and you do something. You go like, well, I've learned something. Yeah. What Even other... the times that it's been shitty and you're kind of like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. And what other profession or, or <laughs> business can you say where where you, you work in a box factory? You can only, you know what I mean? You can only do it a certain way, you know, and then, and then you find a faster way to do it or someone, you know what I mean? So you're learning every time you do something. I don't think there's any profession out there who could boast that. And yeah, but I, what I mean by we have a good crew, I mean, between the band and you guys, too, I mean, it really comes down to who you have traveling with you, your right. band of brothers and... Mm-hmm. And sisters. And sisters, and, and um, they're just the... Uh, sometimes bands get out there on the road, and you could tell, I mean, us playing festivals, you're like, oh, yeah, those are hired hands, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. They collect their paycheck. Yeah. And they're like, nope, I'm here to fulfill this role. Sure. But when we square with one another on stage, um, it's not just Ty and I, it's our, mm-hmm. those are our boys. Mm-hmm. And there's like, there's real like moments where, you know, heard our ba- bass player will play something or Justin and you like, you just feel completely dialed in. And it's like, yep, us against the world. Mm-hmm. And for us, that's a, I think, a huge part of why our success, uh, why our live show, I feel, <clears throat> is different and is a success, is because all the players involved are heavily invested in making sure that it is a small tempo still show, and yep. that we're all like in it together, not yeah. just. Definitely, lines. you know, there's the hang time too is is important. Because we've done a lot of that. Bonding. There's yeah. a lot of getting to know people. There's a West Coast element to it. Yeah. And then there's an East Coast element to the band. And both have their individual neatness to them. You yeah. know, where it's like, this is unique to this. Yeah. So I think that's 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 cool, too, because people don't even know that part. Not well, at when all. you go to uh, British Columbia, you're pulling from a, a resource from friends who have been with you from the start. And then you come over to the East Coast, and it is a different dynamic yeah and both have their own individual awesomeness to it they're still family Mm -hmm. you know they're family and i think that's another thing that carried through you it's like yeah they're i guess 
for lack of a better word, like our employees. <laughs> but yeah. there are that's our team, man. Yeah. You know, it's our team. And we need um, that. you know, traveling as musicians, especially in Canada this day and age where costs are insane. Yeah. To travel anywhere. I mean, it's just it should never be like that, considering. Um, we're still stuck with that. So luckily we've found two amazing teams. Um, I mean, you're, you're like our compass, uh, (laughs) but our two teams are, there are people, man, that's our family. Yeah. So we're really fortunate. It's somewhat incredibly difficult to coordinate with a group that's potentially got 10 members in it. (laughs) coming from this side of this table but um at the same time you know we every time we do a live show it gets recorded and we can show that to the people so we can almost say okay this is kind of what we're looking for and then everybody puts their own little twist on it and that's yeah. cool and and i like the fact that you don't <coughs> put rules to the person who is playing whatever instrument obviously if they play the wrong notes or if they're just out there like showboating their own, yeah, their you know, thing. they're playing Zeppelin while yeah, they're yeah, playing yeah. something else. Sure, it, it and being tasteful about it, but they all come to their own little unique look to yeah. what you, they're presenting to you. Yeah. And that's different than what you were saying before, where you're coming in, you're playing the bits, and you're out. Because we could chart it, right? We could yeah. do that. Everybody reads charts in this group, but you allow these people to put in that Their part. own personality. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Because then it becomes more genuine. But they're insanely talented. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? They're insanely talented. You don't need to tell them how to play. Dudes. And they know, mm-hmm. they know, I mean, they have enough reverence for our sound. Yeah. <clears throat> they stay within the confines of what makes sense, but they still have their own little personality that they throw into the mix. And that just, that passion that comes behind that mm-hmm. makes what we all do better. Mm-hmm. That's and right. in that way, it's like, <clears throat> I mean, talking about a team, it's like, if one cog of that spoke or whatever is defunct, it doesn't perform properly. Mm-hmm. And throughout our years of playing, you can always tell when there's like a weak element that's like, I don't want to be here or whatever. Yeah. And <clears throat> it causes the whole ship to not sail straight. Definitely. Or it makes other people try harder to try and fix Compensate. the broken part of it. You know, you being the person talking and singing as well as Tyler, if there's something not working on stage, it's you and Tyler up there tap dancing away to try and make it. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. You know, over here, look here. You know, so that that idea. Look at the shit on fire. Look at us and our sparkly unitards. So um, yeah, we don't wear sparkly unitards, mm -hmm. by the way. But not 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 yet. Not not yet. But you know, listen, when you get (laughs) new management and they start telling you, hey, you need some shiny unitards. Summer, the summer season coming up. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And then throughout this whole (laughs) throughout this whole four or five year career, you've become a mom. Yeah. And and as well as just your life completely changed uh-huh. from obviously from from not being a mom to being a mom. Yeah. And so many things become more as a parent, I know, so many things become more important than and it seems almost like music and being a musician is almost selfish in a yeah. way. Where it's it's mine. This is my music. My well it's not your music anymore. You you know, you you're not I'm just I'm projecting. Because I, that's what I thought. But but the idea of now having to worry about this little person you've brought into the world, it changes not just your music 
or how you write music, but it changes your perspective on music. Yeah. And that must be a, a big, huge... Uh... And I think, too, my role, <clears throat> whether it was in the Wilkinsons or my solo thing was, or, you know, even in Small Town Pistols, I think it's a new revelation, revelation when you're a parent because you go, I'm this role because I'm protecting and looking after. Yeah. Even in music, mm-hmm. I was that person. Where I was like... <laughs> I have to be this role because it's looking after all these other people. Right. It's a big part of my personality mm-hmm. too, right? Mm-hmm. Or when you're a parent, you go, I have to look after this. Mm-hmm. Especially it's the most mom. important thing in the world. Yeah. Everything seems so small. I'm and... Indiana's mom. Yeah. That's a huge thing. And then thing. over time you start to go, okay, but I can still be Amanda and I can still do sure. this. It's finding the balance because what you carry as a parent, moms or dads, is Mm -hmm. a lot of guilt, which they never tell you about. (laughs) (laughs) They really don't. I know. I know. They don't tell you about the guilt. Yeah. Wait till they can talk and call you on the phone saying, when are you coming home? I'm in BC. I can't come home right now. Yeah. yeah. And it's that like, I don't mean it to sound bad, but I think that the light switch goes on where you feel like I have this heavy heaviness yeah. this weight of responsibility to yeah. shape and be there for this little human and hopefully um, <clears throat> be there to support them to make them the best that they can be and mm-hmm. um, luckily yeah. we yep. had a good support system yeah. so far that allows me to do what I love to do and be Amanda mm-hmm um, and still be his mom. Right. I think you hit it on the head there because a lot of moms turn into moms. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. They're all everything. And it's hard, man. Like I can tell you flat out, like. Their identity is lost. Yeah. From being well, a mom. We all feel like that. And yeah. you go through a bit of a depression because mm-hmm. you're yeah. like, well, Postpartum, I'm covered right? <laughs> in snot and all this stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. this is my role, man. Yeah. I haven't showered in three days. Um, <clears throat> welcome to my house. Yeah. <clears throat> I put on makeup today. You're yeah, in luck. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I, I think that it's important for me, whatever I do in life to balance those two things, because if I don't, then I won't be actually the best mom to him. You're right. So, because then you're, you, yeah, we could talk all day about being parents, Yeah. but the idea of being an individual you're teaching this little person who probably can't speak yet or is just has the no concept. The strength of what it is to be an individual. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so that part. And it's part. incredibly hard. And like I said, you feel guilty doing it every yes. day, all day. All the time. Making those decisions, mm-hmm. whatever decision it is. It's tough. I mean, what is, yeah. I mean I'm mean, i not a philosopher, but didn't Buddha say with, with being a parent, you're using one hand to bring in and the other hands to push away? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... That's I'm just like that hits it on the head about what a parent is actually. You don't want to coddle this person or be a helicopter mm-hmm. and sort of flutter around and say, "You okay, or the kid's gonna wake up one day and so say, yeah. you know, fuck then, you.' <laughs> they become then they become York University yeah. students and they need to be told all the time that they're doing a great job. Yeah, when in fact they're not. That's why everybody has a participation. It's gold star sticker uh, where, you, where you go <laughs> soccer and there's no score uh that you know there's certain things that become uh, you're you know I hate you, that new age it's way coming of and you're gonna see it and you're gonna feel like a horrible person sometimes when you think some of these things you're gonna lose yeah. people lose yeah. every day yeah it's reality and it's it's and obviously you can't there's no you can't 
you have to do it in a way where you're not actually guilting your child. Yeah. But I've said this on this show a hundred times that when we were kids, there was just a little bit, just a little bit of guilt in yeah. parenting to you. Like really disappointment, just a little bit of disappointment. But what did yeah. that disappointment do? It made me try harder to not disappoint people. If you're told your whole life that you're awesome and special, what's that going to turn you into? A yeah. monster, right? Oh, totally. That's so, why we have such entitled people walking around yeah. today. But yeah, like I, we could, <laughs> we could do a whole other show about parenting. Parenting, but the whole idea is that you know I don't obviously don't want to take too much of your time, but the the fact that you're a parent is is obviously had a lot to do with how your music you know you wrote us you guys wrote songs about because you and tyler both became parents pretty much within a month of each other yeah which, which is crazy is weird <laughs> no, it's, it's so weird, weird. <laughs> yeah it's, it's a it's a and also a, um, an awesome little thing because you're you're you know they can be friends you know yeah. and well, just, we were super you, tight with our cousins growing sure. up and our family is i mean like i said we're like we're we're functional dysfunctional in the best way possible right we're all different personalities thrown into the mix but yeah. um uh we kind of grow grew up towny but i i wouldn't have it any other way i always say i'm half <laughs> i'm half hick on my brother's side yeah um <laughs> uh, but we were insanely close to our cousins we still are yeah. so um that's something that you always hope for, but you mm -hmm. not be like hey ty by the way guess yeah. what's happening tonight um yeah, yeah, yeah. it just happened by sheer coincidence. Yeah, there's and... no group calls, like no uh, oh. conference calls. Oh okay, God. Amanda, here's what we need you to do. We need you to have five babies, okay? You're going to have a baby next week. Tyler, how's your baby coming? Yeah, you know how's I mean? it cooking? Stuff. How you doing? Yeah, you know what? I, uh, no. <laughs> I yeah. love them and all, but that definitely was. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's a little bit too uh, out there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like the boys, you know, we live a little bit of a dis distance part and it's sure. hard when you have your own lives and when you're not on the road um but that's why we have facetime and it's just yeah. awesome too that they get yeah. to see each other and... that's an amazing thing too and that will that will help <laughs> your guilt as being a parent yeah. is facetime i don't have facetime we had calling cards from europe back in the day and it was like yeah. 50 dollar or 50 euro calling cards calling home for about 10 minutes and having all that money gone yeah but you've spent i spent over 500 euros when I was away for a month, just on phone calls. But I remember that in when we were touring early in the insane, day, eh? because we didn't have cell phones, we mm -hmm. didn't have all those things, and our drummer was using the payphones. Yeah, yeah. You did what you could, but God, they sure. made life a little bit easier. Yeah, for all like of us. right now, I could I could talk to my cousin in England. Yeah, right now, I could talk Great. to my parents. They're in Florida. Yeah, they couldn't do that last year because now they they have this new thing. You know, it's just yeah, totally. We are in such an you like I said, you're in such a great. <laughs> you know, obviously, you might not be able to travel with your with your child child or children. You know, I'm also projecting, but you'll be able to sort of connect at any given time yeah. in every moment, and that's a good part of today's world. When they can be there, they can be there. Yeah. I mean, we had the blessing and the luxury of having my mom and my sister with us, and yeah. But those days are kind of difficult now so like i said you have to find the balance mm -hmm. and it's a struggle every day to do that and you and can't you can't say now you have a plan right no, there's no plan you there's just no gotta plan. go with it just gotta go yeah because someone said tomorrow hey pack up your stuff you're going on <coughs> tour for two months well first of all it's up to you to say yes or no which makes now having a a, a kid makes that that decision sometimes that calls way different ah yeah way definitely different. you know even just crossing the street everything's you know what i mean everything changes walking out the front door yeah because like you're like Driving. the single people they 
got somewhere to go. They just walk at the front yeah. door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're a parent, you're like, oh yeah. my God, I'm not going to do this and this and yeah. this, this. I drove slower. I watched <laughs> traffic more. I was more wary of other people, of yeah. situations that if I was in a dangerous situation, I didn't give a shit about that. Like no. before kids, it was like, oh, I'm living for me. But, yeah. you know, flying on a plane, all these things became more of a problem. Like, you know, what happens if, Yeah. and you can't let it consume you, but sometimes it does. Or else you'll just be like hunkered down like a weird commune. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, you d- you definitely, um, your perspective on everything changes. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and where's music now with you? Like where is it? Music, it's obviously, it's part of you. Yeah. But how does, how does all of this now, your whole life, you know, you've come up to this part now. How How is music, where does it sit? Is it as important? Is it as important to you as maybe when you were 16 when you didn't understand <laughs> all of the business parts of it or all of the inner workings like how has it changed you i think i i compartmentalize things very differently now the feeling of music and creating yep. is its own entity the business is its probably own stronger entity. right very yeah mm-hmm. you have to rely on that or else you'll lose it who knows what's gonna happen in the future i mean i'm like i said i'm 34 mm-hmm. and sadly um females in this industry still have a shelf life so as yeah. long as i'm able to do it and have fun with my bro doing it and it makes sense I'll do it I think ultimately uh as far as a role in music goes songwriting Mm -hmm. that is always going to be a front render I mean right now we got a couple songs that potentially will be kept by other artists and Mm -hmm. we've been doing writing trips Ty's been doing a lot of writing trips writing pop music and country music whatever um, just writing for the sake of writing, which is kind of how Small Town Pistols yeah. was a happy accident. Yeah. Um, that element will always strongly be there. Yeah. Um, as far as music projects go, I mean, it will have to be what makes sense. But I mean, the songwriting has to come first, and well, you have to have the songs. Yeah. To go play in front of people. Yeah. You know, in but a, a lot in, of artists don't think like that. Yeah, they yeah. just go, oh my God, I have been off the radio for this long and I need to yeah. be back on and blah, blah, blah. And it's like. Because yeah. the easy thing for you <clears throat> before the pistols will be to just do Wilkinson stuff. Yeah. It's what your managers were telling you. It's what or the people were telling project. all your peers were saying. Or yeah. do a solo project. That's yeah. what people were. Let's do it the easy way, the easy money way. But you guys never actually did it the easy way. You know, if, you know I'm trying to summarize, but. You picked up and moved to another country with no money in your pocket. Yeah, we never did it the easy way. You through grit, spit, and wit made it happen. And yeah. you know and you, if you can't. Sh- sh- if you kind of <clears throat> toss aside all the little fuzzy bunnies that mm-hmm. is today's world and society and how the music industry is still is, mm-hmm. it's still not easy. You're right. It never will be, really. You and know. that's too, you know, if the, any young people come up to us at shows, I mean, because yeah. we live in a YouTube world. Yeah, yeah. Be, and like, God bless Bieber, but that's an anomaly. That's mm-hmm. not how it all goes down. No. Nope. Nope. Because you're on American Idol, it doesn't guarantee your success. You're right. It still is hard. Yeah, definitely. And it still takes bucket loads of talent and originality and integrity. Yes. And you got to start with that first. Sure. And then hopefully all the other little tumblers will fall into place. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you you were mentioning YouTube. I think, you know, I think that I really want to believe that YouTube is like just shows, you know, the good and the bad, but it's up to you to find the good. And when you do find the good, you really hold on to it. And like you say, Bieber was an anomaly, but if 
Bieber walked into a record, in, like a record label, and said, yep. "I'm Justin Bieber. I'm this cute little dude from Stratford, and I can I can sing." Yep. He's gonna get that. I just find the fact that he made it big based on being YouTube and a YouTube sensation. Yeah. I find that I don't know. I find that almost inspiring in a way because it yeah. helps. It means there's hope for anybody. Well, you we need just the have, talent. You need we have the different good. tools. Yeah. Yeah. That are available at our disposal that we didn't have before. Yeah. And that is the magic of technology. I mean, people can fight against all these fringe elements of the internet and, you know, music streaming, whatever. Sure. The good thing about the fast food world that we live in is that you can find something immediately. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Definitely. We have these other channels and outlets. And. Let's face it, the the days of, you know, for our form, for our, for being an established artist, you had much music, you had MTV, you had CMT. Yeah. Some of those have completely gone away. Yeah. Some are still holding on to much music does not make shows anymore. Of like, okay, yeah. we're still going to play videos. Yeah. But they're not going to. Yeah. So we have to find different outlets yeah for visual medium we're in this weird spot where people are still scrambling <coughs> around figuring it out youtube is the short-term fix for yes. this and now people are trying to figure out how to monetize so they're putting those little banners at the bottom well people hate those little banners oh yeah they're they, they're stupid so they actually have a little plugin that blocks all that yeah so the people still don't get paid yeah it needs to be a way and it needs to be done tasteful where you can be an artist a respectable artist make a living make what's fair yeah. And and then grow as an artist because if you don't have money you can't grow as an artist because yeah. you're too busy making money and not to making try art. And stay alive. Yeah. Basically. So so it's yeah. all But there's also that chaos thought that well if it throw it up in the air and see what happens. You know, there's that but There still rem- has to be that gamble. There be no stories for anybody anymore. Like we wouldn't say 20 <laughs> yeah. years from now be like, "Well, I uh, entered my name into this database and I had this features and I wrote this type my voice sounded like this, so therefore it put me in, you know, I don't know, if there's some sort of artificial there still intelligence." There's has to be the magic juju out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this. Thank you. And I, I you know, I, I appreciate you doing it. I'll probably get one with Tyler, but he's he's further away. Yeah. And maybe one with your dad. Oh you my know? gosh! It'd be interesting yeah. to be a three-parter to try and see the where it crosses over and where yeah. you know what I mean. Obviously, but uh, thank you so much for doing thank this, Amanda. Thank you, man. Of course. Amanda Wilkinson, I like it when good people win. I do. I really do. I like it when good people win because their hearts are in the right spot. And when you meet these people, you know you instantly you fall in love with them. They're great people. Uh, thanks so much for doing the show, Amanda. And 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 let and she's a lady, so I don't get a lot of ladies on the show. If you want to be a lady, if you're a lady, and you want to be on the show, regardless of what you do. If you're a lady, then please come on the show, so we can have more ladies on the show. Because I have enough dudes. There's tons of dudes, always dudes on the show. We need more ladies. If you want to go purchase any stuff from the Small Town Pistols, go to smalltownpistolsmerch.com. Or if you want to find out more about the Small Town Pistols, go to smalltownpistols.ca and then you'll find out more information about the band. Fetchclass.com, everybody. Don't go don't don't go there. Don't forget to go there. Fetchclass.com. InsideRecorders.com, now featuring download codes. Because you know why? Because I figured out how to make a download code. And now when you have your band and you want to sell your stuff on your website by you and you want to deal with Bandcamp, you don't want to deal with iTunes. 
you can just have a download code over the merch table. Bam, sell it. They can go download the show. You don't need to worry about anything. All you need to do is just plot this little piece of code I'll give you into your website, and then you get a download code. It's magic. The, the internet is magic, by the way. Don't forget to shop on the affiliate programs provided on the homepage at applelog.ca, Musician's Friend, Amazon.com, Banggood.com, and that's it. Yeah. Don't forget to shop on the store, applelog.shop, applelog.ca slash shop, I mean. Buy shirt. Oh, discography, whole Foursquare discography, every song I ever wrote uh, that I've released on record labels is on uh, yeah it sounds horrible but i mean like yeah all 400 songs i wrote over the past 20 years no it's about 50 songs and they're all good and they're all released at one point on some label or another but go you know go there and pick up something also uh patreon.com thanks so much mark curtis and michael for pitching into the show it's very helpful if you want to pledge to the show as little as much as you want Maybe four bucks a month, maybe ten bucks a month. Maybe you're some rich bigwig and you want to ha- you want to ha- make a podcaster's life come true, and you want to pledge a thousand dollars a month. If you pledge a thousand dollars a month, I will come to your house and I'll clean your car every weekend. I promise. That's a promise. Well, it depends if you're where you're from. If you're from Europe, you, well, you got to be rich first. Okay. Uh, so go to Patreon.com/slash/Applelog and pledge to the show. But you can start with four bucks, and if you win the lottery, then give me some money. Okay, awesome. Like the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash Pod. Follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Podbay, or anywhere you find good podcasts, except for the crappy places there where you find crappy podcasts. So that's not where we're at. Everybody, and tell a friend, okay? Tell a friend. That's very important. And this, no, it's not the longest podcast I ever did. It's getting there. Um, and I'm not just stretching because I want it to be. But uh, what I'm going to, nah, I'm not going to, I was going to play a song, but I'm not going to play a song now. Okay, everybody, thanks so much for listening to this show. Next week, I have Michael Philip Vuyavuda. Vuyavuda! He, he's a producer and he is an awesome dude. And he is one of the th- two people that came, well, three people that came to the house to record the podcast at my house at the Head Studios. Everybody, I'll see you next week. Bye.